everybody. Welcome back to the Burnout Brighter podcast. Matt just, I didn't even know he could hit octaves that high. I hope he like leaves it at the end so you guys can hear how beautiful his voice was. But uh, that was my introduction for Matt. Moving on to the more important people (laughs) who are here on our show today. (laughs) We have the amazing developers and creators of this game. Matt, what's the game called? Space Boat. Which we, we played. Mm-hmm. And awesome. we streamed it. So if you guys mm-hmm. haven't seen that, jump over. We'll actually we'll put the link in the bottom, and you can watch um, our playthrough of it. It was incredibly fun. I mm-hmm. love the colors. It was just like in your face, and it was <laughs> like it was it was so good because I know like I get really excited about indie games just because they're so different, and I love the fact that you're and I love cats, which everybody <laughs> knows. So like this was <laughs> the perfect amalgamation of things that destiny loves but yes sorry back to the introductions please guys welcome michelle and lewis to the podcast hi everybody i'm i'm clapping for myself this is how pathetic no that was good that was good i, I should do quick quick slow clap, clap. Oh, yeah. get some one hand in there yeah. one hand clap. we had so many variations of, of <laughs> celebrating right there it was amazing <laughs> Luis isn't fair though, because he can cheat and he can really do the one hand clapping. Yeah, it's oh my I'm, god, really? It's a bad joke. Uh, it's a you know. It's, it's the I best joke ever. So, do anyways. it, do, please. Do the joke. No, no, do that's it. that's that's because I don't have a left hand, so it's I'm a disabled uh, game developer. Yes. Yeah. I feel it's so okay, Norman. No, because it's it's real. It's his real one hand clapping. We we almost oh killed uh, one of our friends that way because he he didn't expect that joke and he was under the table just crying laughing. <laughs> oh my God. I do suffer from inappropriate laughter, so I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> I do. But um, guys, thank you so much for coming on. And when we jump into this, we usually kind of give our listeners a little introduction of who you are and kind of what got you to the place that you're at right now. And because I laughed at Lewis, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> all, all good. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, so my name is uh, Luis Alonso. You can call me Louie. It's fine. Um, um, I've been a game developer for over 20 years. I've worked on a lot of games starting from uh, a lot of kids' games at first, and uh, then I was doing like double A and triple A, and then I was working on games like Dead Space uh, Two, Mass That's Effect scary. Three, Need for Speed. I got to do a whole bunch of stuff. That was that was a lot of fun. And then I tried the indie scene um, in hopes that uh, long story, but you know I got to see a lot of things in the triple uh, A industry that I didn't like too much. So I was like, hey, this indie thing, maybe. Maybe I can find sanity there. So then I went there and found out, yeah, they have the same problems. It's just a smaller, smaller budget. I thought this was going to have an happy ending. And he's like, no, kind of. The same kind of. Kind of. It's just, it takes a long time to get to the end, I guess. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, a long, there's been a lot of things along the way. But now uh, we're, we're trying to get this, uh, this indie game uh, going. And uh, this time it's, uh, it's, you know, it's us making it. So... Um, I can, you know, control <laughs> if uh, get rid of any toxic elements and things like that, if there are any, which there haven't been. So that's it's like that alone has been uh, has made the journey worthwhile. So mm-hmm. to be in an environment that is not not nasty in any way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We've been really lucky, especially with our community. We've been very fortunate. We, we had we had meetings with a bunch of people recently and they said, so any negative things happen in the game? We went, 
No, but we know, but we just wait for them because we know they're coming because it, it's just the space of being in yeah. the internet, you know? Yeah. But honestly, we've been we've been very, very fortunate to have such a good community. Well, we did have a, one moment on, on Reddit that it was kind of weird. We were like, really, that, this is the thing? That's Reddit. Is, yeah, that's yeah. Reddit. So it doesn't count, really. I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, so. we're not going to count Reddit. Yeah, no, you, you should never you never want to count Reddit. Not like there's there's very few things good things that actually happen there. Great communities, but they're just the yeah. overwhelming gaming community we all know is not the the, the shining pearl example of a, of a great place be to be all the time. Toxic sometimes, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was kind of weird. It just came out of nowhere. They were like saying things. We were like, that's not even related to anything that we're trying to do here. We're trying to make a, a new game, something interesting. And you know, anyways, that was I it. That was the only negative thing. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I really liked it. So, poo-poo awesome. mm-hmm. on whoever said that. Yeah, poo-poo on them. <laughs> so, and now to Michelle, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do and how you got to this point? Uh, Luis and I met uh, when we both worked for DC Studios. He was working on, I think, Brad. Was it Brad's at the time? Do you see uh, uh, and Brad? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, I I came in to work on a bunch of different things, and I was brought in as a as a designer. And then I uh, over over the course of my career, I left and came back, and left and came back in games because of burning out, and because of uh, just uh, sexual harassment issues and things like that. So I just I had enough, and I have been writing for I've been nar- narrative designer for several PC games and some Wii games actually over the last few years. And um, when we when we finally got, I, I've been telling Louise for years, you need to just start your own company because you can, <laughs> yeah, you can literally do all the things yourself. Why are you bothering with this anymore? Just do the things yourself. And he never listened to me until until finally, uh, after things went sour, after uh, the last opportunity, he went, OK, fine, well, we'll do it. So uh, I'm helping him with the narrative for for Spaceboat. And I'm also helping with the production and uh, but I my my main job is I'm an author and I also teach writing courses for adults. <gasps> so I, I teach writing courses online every Tuesdays. <laughs> if anybody wants to join, but we and we cover a range of subjects. It's really the the students control the class. So whatever they want to talk about, I prepare a lesson beforehand and we do it. Um, but I have written many many books, published twenty four books, and I have hopefully this year now with the paper shortage, I'll have two or three more books coming out. I love how nonchalantly you said that. Yeah, yeah. twenty four books, and then I have three. That's freaking amazing, right? You know what though? I guess it's because whenever, whenever you're in a room, they go, "Oh, you're another." Oh, that's so exciting! And I go, "Yes, I spend ninety percent of my time alone, and nobody knows any of the books that I do." That's how it is. You know, you you have to you have to yeah, just sort of that. welter in obscurity until until something happens. You know, I mean, I have three publishers. It's just how it is. Here, here are two of the books that I have written. Hey, so they- <laughs> make sure you give us those names so we can put them down so you guys can check out those particular two books that she. <laughs> <laughs> this, the, uh, this is Creatures from Fairy Tale and Myth. And so, a character that's in that book, I wrote it together with Ed Greenwood, who created the Forgotten Realms. And a, a character that's in that book is going to have his own book, uh, again, also coming from Pendlehaven Press. So, it's the oh same, my God. The same publisher. This is like so up my alley. Please, like, give us the names of those books and <laughs> for our listeners. 
No, that's great. I, I mean, like, yeah, for the for the listeners. And if for you listeners. are like opening your classes up for writing for the listeners as well, please give us that information so we can put it down at the bottom. The, cl- the classes are always opening. We're starting our spring semester next Tuesday. They're open yes. for everybody, for anybody who wants to come. They're about they're about two hours a piece. Uh, and they are very heavy on writing. I do about 10 minutes of lecture, 10 minutes writing, and so on and so forth. I mean, it depends on the sometimes we well even play. I, I also teach sometimes by using like D style games which people people seem to really like uh we'll do that uh we did that last week for like our end of semester thing to talk about how to make journeys interesting and i went well guys you're gonna learn how to get waylaid by enemies here we go <laughs> and, I love it. but it was great they actually ended up not fighting anything and going for amazingly if any, if any dms are listening amazingly they went for all the little nuggets that i put in the way but again this is because these are writers who are in search of a story, not necessarily players who want to attack everything they see and become, and become yeah. murder hobos. Yeah, no. I'm not a murder hobo. <laughs> that's it. That, that's it. <laughs> that is murder the new term. I'm going to tweet about that. That is the best thing I've heard in my life. I, I didn't make that one up. I've, I've heard that. I've heard that like a bunch murder of times. Murder hobos. Murder oh, hobos. Well, I so hope you know, great. anytime we bring it up to us, you're the one who coined it. So yeah, to us. Yeah. We're always going to think of you. Yeah. Warm spots I coin it now. Every Murder time somebody says it, I want 10 cents. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but that's so cool. Like you kind of like, this is not me like kissing butt. Everybody thinks I'm kissing butt when I'm giving compliments. Destiny but it, it, never kisses butt. Believe me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but like you're kind of what I aspire to be. Like I really want to get into narrative game design. And like I loved the narrative in the game. Like, it was just so funny and so engaging. Me and Matt were laughing the whole time trying to figure things out. And it wasn't too hard, which is what I like, because then you can just enjoy the story and the characters and just, like, how much, like, love... You can tell how much love you put into the game mm-hmm. and how much work you're putting into it. And I, well, the universe in general, Luis came up with himself, quite. I mean, quite a while ago, but he he's been ago. slowly building on it. As... <laughs> just quietly, yeah, about 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. We're, at, we're actually... <laughs> Yeah, but, but both of us are actually a lot older than we look. It's just that since we do... Since but we I do won't tell you how old I am. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what's weird is we all we all say, oh, age is just a number. And then as you get older, as you know, you get like to approach 40 or past 40, you go, no, you know what? I'm 45. I live this long. Can't kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> you start owning it. But yeah. thanks for sharing those stories. Those are incredible. And kind of like what you guys are doing now from working in the industry to having your own company, from publishing 23 books, 23, 23? Oh, I don't even, I think, I think it's 24. And then he's lost count, guys. That's how it makes He's lost count. But public, having your own books published, like these are incredible feats and you're working in the game industry. So can you tell me a little bit about your your company kind of what inspired you to do the story i know it started about 30 years ago but like what made you come up with this this story of like a cat in space and like it guys there's so much i don't want to give too much away about this game so please Mm -hmm. go check it out but yeah can you tell us a little more about that yeah sure actually for people to check it out just go to steam and look up uh space boat you'll have a demo there (laughs) (laughs) And, and um, there's also there's also a new demo as well with a new character. So if you haven't played it in the last month, you should definitely take a look. Yeah, you maybe it if you played it recently, uh, if you saw Andy, uh, a character that's there to uh, uh, to allow you to um, you know to you know figure out the puzzle quicker. 
Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. I that's remember. the that's the latest one. So you're good. Okay. We did yeah, play he, it, Matt. We did. <laughs> yeah. I kept going back. I went back to him a couple of times. <laughs> we did because we got we got confused a couple of Actually, times. Actually, if you go up to him more than three times, he gives you something. <gasps> yeah, I don't think we went up to him. Matt, three times. I, I think, think we went to him twice. Went twice. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Now I gotta go back. Man. <laughs> Secret achievements. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna stream it again yeah like when oh. you guys like update it we'll definitely be streaming it again it's also gonna be featured on uh, was it women's day <gasps> congratulations yeah. for that yeah wings uh wings asked us to be part of uh women's day because we have we have more women than men at the company so yeah. they said would you like to have space both featured i said yeah sure i mean also female protagonist yeah at the moment mm-hmm. if, if that i mean if you count a female cat as a female protagonist you know or is the, yeah, so if, as long as you're okay with that, that's yeah. fine. Uh, we we hope to have more than more than that in the game, but that's what's there now. Anyway, sorry, Luis Cohen, you were you were saying. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's studio. good. Uh, so yeah, so the um, the game um, originally the universe was created when uh, when I was in high school, so like uh, early '90s type of stuff. Um, and I was um, I, I used to draw a lot, like a lot, a lot. I, I have. Uh, I'm not kidding when I mean thousands of pages of uh, filled with sketches, and I have a whole bunch of them that have been scanned. And fortunately, there was actually a flood last year that destroyed my home entirely, and uh, I lost all of the hard copy of the of my sketches and everything from my childhood. But at least I had the foresight of making scans, and I still have I had a good chunk of it in the in the cloud. So good thing there is that I have all of this stuff that I I, I created for years and years. And, and then at one point when, uh, when I graduated, because, you know, back then my, my parents were like, no, you, you can't, if you're going to live here, you're going to have to get a, get a real job. Get a real job. Yeah. 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 It's not a real job. You don't see it everywhere you go. Yeah. Now you do. But back then it was like to them, they didn't understand how an artist could make money. And it mm. was just not a, I guess it was, it was the nineties. It was, uh, I don't know. But uh, the mm-hmm. point, the point there is that uh, I did two things at the same time. So I was doing the stuff that I had to do for school and uh, like, uh, and, and got my career and got my bachelor's in commerce and all that stuff. And then along, along, uh, along with that, I've been doing a lot of uh, animation, rendering, modeling, everything and doing sketches. And I'd created this universe and I had this pilot show uh, for a TV show, which was Relate. It's this universe, right? It's part of this universe. And then I, I created these cassettes and had a bag full of cassettes. Uh, you know, they they were like these little, you know, plastic uh, rectangles. Uh, with yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. those. Yeah. What? And they said VHS yeah, exactly. on them. <laughs> and we Mixed didn't have tape. internet back Mixed. then, so I had to send them out to That's all true. of these we places. We didn't have the internet back then. That was didn't exist. We had PBSs, but up. that wasn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was sending them out everywhere. And I was getting no responses. And then I was like, okay, I haven't even gone to school to learn any of this stuff. I've done it all on my own. So maybe that's part of the problem. I don't know this industry. Uh, like I haven't worked in this industry either. And I don't have any experience. So what I'm going to do is forget this accounting stuff. I've got this demo now, basically. And I sent it out. In, uh, at that point, I started sending out cassettes to every place I could to get a job as an animator or modeler or something. And sure enough, I got super lucky because uh, the people that worked on reboot, the TV show, uh, I don't know if you remember what reboot was. Yes. I loved reboot. So some of their key people came, came to the city I was in, which is Montreal. 
and over and when they they came here they they they, they with a couple of people from uh dreamworks and a couple of companies that you wouldn't recognize like pdi pacific data images anyways that became like uh part of dreamworks as well uh, so all those people came here and uh and they they started a studio and they made a tv show and i was a part of that and i got to learn from them it that's was a wonderful awesome. experience that's incredible yeah, unfortunately, the the company owners spoiled everything, and it was a big scam, and be- checks were bouncing, and all of this talent just kind of uh, went into different cities. They all left. But the 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 really great part was I had an amazing moment there, and then I got into video games because that was my my core, and I got into video games, and then uh, you know, twenty years later, uh, after a lot of difficult, uh, toxic environments and all kinds of crazy things. Although there were a lot of good things too. Don't get me wrong. I had some good times in some of the companies and met some absolutely spectacular people that are friends, friends of mine to this day. Uh, you know, it's like once you've been through crunch time with them, you, they're your friends for life type of thing. Family. Uh, yeah. So uh, never after that, family. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, after that, I, it, it was like, uh, it was time to go uh, indie. Um, and I thought, um, so I ended up, um, uh, I figured, okay, it's been 20 years since I did that thing with the cassettes. Let's see if I have the experience now to be able to pull this off. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I built the demo and all that stuff and, uh, here we are. That's so cool. So I wanted, I was curious because then like, you know, you, you left AAA, AA, you, you left indie as well in terms of like working for another studio to start, you know, recombobulator. And yeah. was it, was was it always that this was the thing you wanted to start with? That this idea that you had with the VHS is many years ago, where you kind of like, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do this, or was it like you left and you're like, I know what I want. I'm starting the studio, and this is where we're gonna, and this is like, this is the direction that we're going in. So here, here's the fun part. Uh, when I created the universe, I created lots of like, I guess you could say almost like franchises of different kind of genre, genres that fit within that universe. So it really mm-hmm. was a universe and like mm-hmm. I had the different stories and it's all related to the same idea that imagine in the future we uh, like for me, the, the whole thing of Star Trek and Star Wars always seemed very um, unlikely. It's a, a little too altruistic. Like if you give humankind the ability to travel to other planets, we're going to turn it into Starbucks trucking lanes <laughs> yeah. and just, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna monetize it. We're yeah. not gonna have these great adventures. No, we're probably gonna have like these giant vehicles that go from one planet to another, taking resources and bringing it to another place. And the, the thing that I figured is like basically the universe is gonna get monetized. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. It's what we do now. Like mm-hmm. the U.S. definitely. Whenever the U.S. goes into another country, they just make a tiny version of the U.S. within that country. I don't know if Starbucks. you guys ever noticed that. Yeah, and then a Starbucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the idea of like the, the the idea of the universe is is that even though that's a mundane concept, the fun is in all the characters that live in this this very interesting universe. Like a lot of things can happen. The technology is so different that you can have so much fun with it, and you can have so many different alien uh, beings in this universe, all within that context that you have this method for traveling through stars. Right uh, from uh, 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 from planet to planet, mm-hmm. and uh, the the when I started um, uh, Spaceboat, uh, it, the original like I had a whole bunch of other titles for it because there was all these other sub stories and characters that were all in my sketches everywhere. So when I did Spaceboat, I was like, I'm just gonna start with the concept of a cruising 
Like basically imagine they could create a giant boat bigger than the Eiffel Tower where people could probably grow up and die, basically live their whole life on this boat and it travels through space. And you've got like basically the Titanic scenario where you got people who are very wealthy and then you got the other groups. This is going to happen if we have the ability to do it. And that, that, that in its sense, I wanted to explore the ideas that come from that. So Spaceboat kind of was a, an idea that um, just lived in that universe. And then I took from this, my old sketches uh, a lot of these characters. And then there's a couple of other characters that I added along the way based on my experience from working in AAA. So <laughs> I've seen some things in AAA. <laughs> and I make fun of it now. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's really cool, though. I, I love how you were able to bring something from your child, well, kind of like your childhood and see it to fruitation, because I, I know a lot of us, you might have dreams or stories or kind of like make your own comic books and you never really do anything with it. So that's really cool. My next question was for Michelle. So stepping into this world that he's already created, how did you kind of navigate and help him create this story and round out his characters? The one thing I'm always telling Luis is this doesn't make sense. So, no, no, but, but, no, no, but it does. And I go, no, this makes sense to you. You have to make sure it makes sense to the player. So right. I understand you. But mm -hmm. somebody who does not understand this universe, who has, they have, who is experiencing this for the first time, you have to make it not necessarily, well, yes, yes, accessible, but relatable. So mm -hmm. when you have a character who somebody, let's say like Dale the Whale, who likes to uh, be premium and, and play his premium games on his phone. If they don't him so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but if they, if, they, if they don't understand the metaphor of him being a whale, you still have to make it relatable and enjoyable for people who are not understanding the satire. Mm -hmm. Because it's one thing for us to go, you get it? You get it? Huh? Is the whale? Uh, you get it? But if somebody, if, if you have, let's say, a 10-year-old who wants to come and play the game, because, you know, it's accessible for them. It's all, The game's only like two buttons. So it, they, they just think, oh, ha ha, he's a, he's a funny, stupid whale, and I'm going to flip him out of his chair later. That's what, that's what they think. They that's don't connect with it on that second level. So you, right. have to make, you have to make the characters understandable and relatable for everybody. Uh, also, and just in terms of a writing sense, whenever, whenever it comes to like grammatical things, they go, nope, that character wouldn't sound like that. That character is not from is is not from that specific class of society. They wouldn't sound like that. If you have an inspector, they need to sound like this. If you have um, if you have uh, particular characters that need to be written in dialect for voices for voice work, it has to be written like this or this way. Otherwise, you're going to have to stand there and direct the person going, "Okay, could you possibly do this type of accent or what about this one?" Whereas if you just write things out phonetically, it's much better. So there there's a lot of cleanup that needs to happen. Um, but uh, like most of the flavor text, Luis did himself, but any, any dialogue that has to be done between characters, it must be done in a relatable fashion and it has to uh, count for the narrative as a whole. So if you understand how the, the gameplay works through the narrative, because the thing is that there's game writing and then there's narrative design. Game mm -hmm. writing is, are things like barks or uh, uh, flavor text, that's game writing. Narrative design is weaving the story while thinking of the game mechanics and how that is going to change. So usually, you know, they're, they're two different people, but if you're in a small studio, you can do each of them themselves. So um, when you have, 
thinking of game writing is easy because all you have to do is think of, you know, funny things the characters to say in relation to the universe that they're in, right? As long as you keep it material to the universe. Um, but if you have, if you have, if you think of the narrative as a whole, well, you have to think, okay, well, if I do this to Dale here, and if I say this to him, then, then that has to count for something later on when he shows up again. So it, you, it's, it's just, it's a matter of balancing the story. Sorry to interrupt, but I I have a question, uh, because there's a bit of a psychological experiment in the game. And I'm really interested in knowing if you ejected Premium Dale or not. Yeah, well, did. yeah, immediately. But we also had Michelle in the comments being like, toss his ass! Like, yeah, we weren't sure if we could do it. And she was like, you can definitely yeah. eject him. And so as soon as we found out, we were like... Well, done. <laughs> okay, okay. Because uh, yeah. there, there's there's a little bit of a game played with him because at the end of the day, he's he's a whale, but he's also the victim of psychological manipulation. Uh, there is these mm-hmm. basically these corporations that are taking advantage of him, hence whales that know how to manipulate him so that he can get hooked onto their games and keep mm-hmm. pump, pumping in cash, right? So at the end of the day, I'm hoping that uh, you know we continue the story with Premium Dale because you know you'll, you'll you'll grow a relationship with him, you'll you'll have you know something that develops with him uh, as a character, and I, I really want to break from. Like one of the sub uh, sub uh, goals that I have is to break some of the norms from games. So you don't just mm-hmm. give them gifts to make them happy and make them your friend. Right. There's there's events that are triggered when you do certain things. Oh, good. And even if he, yeah, and even if he doesn't know it's <laughs> you that ejected him, he will have been ejected from a chair, and that will change his his day and his the events. Of that course, will, it will. Uh, yeah. I don't know anybody who's ever been ejected from a chair who just, you know, <laughs> brushes it off. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. But that's so, really interesting. Does he come so, back? Oh, yeah. yeah he, he's yes, going to be... Gonna uh, oh, okay, because yeah, yeah. we didn't know. And I feel bad because yeah. we also did not care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. You don't have to care. You don't have to care at all. But and I wish that he comes back. Yeah, yeah, and like, I think that's something that I found so impressive about the demo because like, I've been playing games for a while. I find it's very, very difficult to get humor in a in a video game done right in a way that actually kind of you know elicits that kind of response. I've, I just feel like it's much more difficult. And Spaceboat had Destiny and I like laughing audibly multiple times because of yeah. how clever the writing was, how ridiculous some of those situations were. Like, I mean, I love the screen grab uh, of uh, the part <laughs> when you went into the Jello yeah, monster because, like, yeah, I was sitting there, I was like. Like, we did not expect that. Like those moments, I think, in the demo feel so organic, and it doesn't feel yes. like, "Are you going to laugh? Are you going to laugh?" Like they translate incredibly well. So that's something that I wanted to ask the both of you because I imagine that this is a marriage of you know concept and writing coming together. How what is that process like? Because I really do think that nailing humor in a game is difficult, and you guys have done it flawlessly so far, uh, oh, and it was you, really man. impressive. So I'll, I'll ask Michelle first. Well, comedy comedy is all about timing, but you have to you have to understand the type of comedy that you're doing. So obviously, there's many different types. One is slapstick. Mm-hmm. There's visual comedy, but uh, where you have something like Earl, where he he is a little bit of a visual comedy because his eyes do funny things and he's cute little arms and and everything. But T-Rex but arms. yeah, 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 yeah he does his T Rex arms. But he's he's a very friendly character, right? So immediately you relate to him because you look at him and you think this little jello blob looks like a giant frog and I love him. And we don't right. care because, you know, he looks very friendly. So, of course, you know, and, but then the joke can be, well, do you want to give him a hug because you like him so much? Go on, go on in. And you go, oh, no, oh, no. And then, and then they go in. <laughs> but um, 
it, every character is different. Um, so you you have to take into account the comedy as a whole as a satire. So if you're if you're doing satirical things, then then you know obviously some people are going to get some of the humor and some aren't. But it has to be, uh, it has to be quick. It has to be punchy, and uh, it has to be understandable. Really good humor, really good humor uh, is is self-deprecating humor because it's us making fun of ourselves as a society, right? So when really good humor punches punches up, not down. So even though you know we can we can see a, something like Dale that you can laugh at that, but that's mm. technically that's you punching down because you're throwing yeah. him off the chair. I mean, not like he <laughs> okay. not like he doesn't deserve it, but that <laughs> type of that, that 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 type of humor can you only on jelly. <laughs> that, that type of humor, pun intended, can only land once. Nice. So you could, if you do it, if you do it again, it's not going to be as funny because somebody's going to expect it. So doing right. humor has to do it. It's timing. It's also doing uh, um, the unexpected, not not necessarily in the uh, Star Wars sense of sub- subverting expectations. Eh. No, yeah. that, no, it has it, subverting expectations has to do with uh, logic and absurdity. The, the game universe in general is absurd. So as long as you're working within those parameters of the game universe, something like, let's say, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right? Anything goes. But again, if you have a giant cat that pretends to be God on a planet far, far away, that's fine. Because we, within the absurdity, we expect that to happen. Right. Okay. So it's the same It's the same thing with, same type of humor with Spaceboat. Anything, anything here can happen. And we have a few other things that we wanted to add that were, that were pretty funny too. But uh, Some of it's experimentation as well. Yeah. I mean... Like for for Earl in particular to go inside of Earl, like at one point I was thinking, well, well where is he going to store all this stuff? And I'm like, he's got all these pre-order gifts. He's got his hat, and I'm like, well, I guess it's inside of him. I mean, why not? He doesn't have any organs or anything. It's just in no. there. There's no harm. Like he so sees his body differently than we do. Yeah. You could just do that. Yeah. You never have to worry about a purse or anything or a wallet. You just put it inside of you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to congratulate you as well because jumping off of what Matt said, I feel like your game has a lot of that kind of, um, excuse me when I say this, but Disney Pixar kind of feel with the humor where like kids will still enjoy it, but like adults will also pick on up on humor that kids may not get readily. And I thought that was really, really interesting and that you've done it so well because I'm excited to see where you go with the humor. Mm -hmm. And I want, I I definitely feel like this is a game that kids could play and I want to see if we laugh at the same things. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I want to see if they pick up on things because today when I go back and watch old movies, I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) what? What? And as a kid, you never even noticed it. You found other things funny. So I love it that you're playing to both audiences because your game is colorful and bright and that's usually what kids go for they absolutely love that it definitely gives me that 90s kind of vibe and like the muppet kind of look of the characters is kids love that kind of stuff but i love that you have some adult humor in there that also pulls in you know on our adult kind of like well that's what we grew up you know if you think of all the like animaniacs and and yeah That's weaker, but you know, as when you're a kid, you don't understand their, you know, when they're talking about like President Clinton and all, you know, you don't, you don't care. But as as you get older, you watch that now and you think, oh, oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's okay because that that as you say that that is the kind of absurdity and absurd humor that's acceptable for both 
parent and child. So we we grew up on that stuff. Whereas, you know, especially in the 2000s, I don't know what happened. I, I, I graduated, know what happened. I, I graduated mm-hmm. from high school in 2000. So I don't know from, from 2000 to 2010. I don't know what happened. I was in university. I wasn't watching TV, but it seems like there was just a dearth of anything good. And there, there was no, nobody could agree on what was good. Nobody could agree on what was bad. It was all just stuff. And it was all flash <laughs> animation. Uh, there was yeah, a lot of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot but of that. I, actually, I mean, uh, a fun fact here. Um, because I, I, I created a lot of these characters in the, in the, the general universe back in the 90s, uh, like, well, actually late 80s, early 90s, uh, when, when I created it, I wanted to keep the flavor of what that was like back mm-hmm. then. Like sci-fi back then was much much more like optimistic, and you had uh, it was shinier, right? Yeah. So that's why everything is so shiny and 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 everything's clean for the most part. And you have carpets that are actual, like you can you want to put your fingers in the carpet, you know that, that there's a lot of work that's done. <laughs> that shiny carpeting sign. <laughs> yeah, you just want to take off your shoes and run through it. But it's um, the the thing is though there one of the key pillars of the game is retrofuturism, which is to see the world uh, of the future in the past. So mm. it's basically the vision of the future in the eighties. So I and and it brings me back to there's a lot of things in the game that are super subtle. No one needs to know about it. They're just little things that are there actually just for me to be able to go back into the into the nineties and be able to say. All right, I got that. That's uh, that that helped me get back into the frame of mind. So I'm making this correctly. I'm making it from my perspective from the '90s. And, and Just watch Back yeah. to the Future yeah. too, over and over again. That or Earthworm yeah. Jim, because that's that's the <laughs> vibe I get. Or Toe Jam and Earl, like <laughs> all of those games that came out back then. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, or Scum, so, Scum yeah. <laughs> So the, the humor, the like like what Michelle's saying. The humor has lots of layers, and uh, the retro futurism is. It's like I'm not making the humor retrofuturistic, so it's just the universe is retrofuturistic. So we can still have humor from today. It's kind of a weird thing where you're always balancing the the retrofuturism with 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 common day. So you want to make sure that people, you know, are are not getting they won't get some jokes. Like uh, if I, I put a Clinton joke in there, it wouldn't resonate. Right. right. So right. yeah. So I have to. There's this little balancing act that that goes there. Yeah, you have to be careful when it comes to when it when it comes to comedy. You have to be careful with referential humor because some things don't translate very well. Oh my god! So if you watch those movies, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Or if you watch, even if you watch Friends nowadays, it's just twenty years later, and it does not half the stuff doesn't work anymore. And Mm -hmm. you have you have young people today watching it, going, "I don't understand why was this show so popular? Why was it so funny?" It's it was the times, you know. It and it just happened to be that's how it was. So especially in the days before the internet, we didn't have other things to reference. So television became our point of reference. Now right. that morning cartoons. Yeah, exactly. So now that we're on the other end of that spectrum, looking back at it, we go, Ooh. Actually, yeah. I'm, hoping a, I'm hoping that there's a part of the game that will not age well. I hope, which is the, um, the, basically this, uh, there's a lot of commentary about AAA video game monetization. There's a lot of it in there. If you're mm-hmm. if you don't know what it is, no problem. The game's good for you. You still you still have a lot of stuff to enjoy. But if you know what's been going on in video games and how egregious it's getting mm-hmm. to the point where even like things that was free with the game is now charged uh, on the side if you buy mm-hmm. the collector's edition. I mean, that's ridiculous. There's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of stuff now. So I hope I hope that eventually in the future when people are playing the game, they're going to be like, 
I don't get it. What's this all about triple, you know, triple monetization? Because Whereas it's better. Yeah. Right. It's, I hope. I really hope, hope. that I get yeah, it. Yeah, I hope so too. But it's, al- it's already it's already turning because we see that live service games are not doing very well right now because they're it's too, you know. Not I have a weird question that has nothing to do with this. But um so <laughs> what kind of it has to do with the conversation. Cause I didn't buy I don't usually buy collector's editions, but I saw some people who bought them. Do they not come with a disc? Not always. Oh, not always. Okay, I understand what you said. So sometimes, depending what it is. So if you, uh, if if there is a collector's edition that comes with a statue, it depends on whether or not you get the. Because sometimes it will only be like a digital thing, mm-hmm. but they'll give you a box, a commemorative box. Yeah, like I saw that. Yeah. yeah, with no disc. But like no disc. With no disc. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I saw somebody post that on Twitter and I was like, they were upset. And I was like, I would be upset too if I paid all that money and you couldn't even throw in a floppy disk or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, some of them were throwing in codes. You'd take yeah. the code and yeah, enter it. And code. that was fine to some extent, even though it's kind of like, oh, here's my you know, uh, buy the hard game. case. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's yeah. the point? I mean, or I would just buy the statue. But I, like, if I want like uh, something memorabilia, I want all of it. Like I want yeah. the the disc, I want the statue, I want the box, I want all of it. Sorry, that was yeah. no. I completely, I completely agree with you. That's why I stopped buying collector's editions long, long time yeah. ago. Even though there were games that I really loved and desperately want, even I think the last one I, I even thought of was like Fable Three because it came with the game, but then it actually came with a book, and then it came with the thing that the game came in that was a, a storybook that you could open up. It was See, very that's cool. dope. That's yeah. dope. Like, if that's I'm going nice, to be spending yeah. that much money, because they're expensive. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be spending that much money when the game itself is already like fifty to sixty dollars, <laughs> fifty dollars. <laughs> I <laughs> wish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, it was forty nine ninety nine. Oh, we're Canadian. Hell no. yes. we're Canadian. That's oh oh. Yeah, yeah, You're all yeah, Canadian. Yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> and actually, we're, and Luis and I are in Quebec, where sales tax is higher. So a single AAA game is ninety one dollars. Mm-hmm. What? And that's yeah, not like, even the collector's edition. No, that's just the game. Absolutely. If you're not. buying, wait for digital too. Yeah. It it depends what it is, and it depends mm-hmm. what console that it's on. But yes, with sales tax, because ne- we that never had we never had digital sales tax up until about two years ago, and then they realized oh. how much money because people we were all buying games on Steam, going <laughs> no yeah. tax, yeah. and then now they implemented it about two years ago, and now yes, you mm-hmm. have to. Oh my god! Also sucks because now you can't even gift games. If you're oh outside yeah, of- Do you, yeah. I remember when Steam you could gift games, mm-hmm. and now you can't. Because I think when I first had it, I couldn't play a certain game because I didn't have any games in my inventory. This was like way, way ago. Uh So someone gave me a game in order for me to get the game. And then, yeah, and you can't give games, which I think is stupid. I think you should be able to gift a game. I think you should be able to get rid of games that you don't want if you just want to gift it to somebody. But Yeah, then they should have some sort of auto-conversion. It's like, oh, you want to give it to this person? They're they're in a you know a Canadian account, a UK yeah. account, or whatever you know, VAT tax and all that stuff for the UK. It's the same thing for them. So it used it could to be, be like automatically, that. yeah. Just and then it was the, it was the international yeah. community that came after Steam. You're like, oh, we're missing out mm-hmm. on all our tax money, and Steam went, well, that's not my fault. It yeah. is, these, these are digital goods. It has to go by country. So give us your your VAT tax. 
And then, so we were really lucky in Canada for a very long time. We didn't have tax tax on digital goods, and it was gorgeous. Yep, <laughs> so great. I think we've always had tax. Well, whenever I bought things, but like I'm in the U.S. and they tax everything. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think PlayStation only just started doing the ta- the digital tax like in the last few months, even like yeah. like PlayStation just very recently got on board. So I was like, oh god. But so I, I had a question actually because I realized that we haven't actually talked about the core story or the setup for Space Boy yet. We've talked a lot around it, but <laughs> Lewis, I was wondering then, can you give us the elevator pitch for Space Boat as you enter the game? Like, because we've talked about the Muppets, we've talked about cats, we've talked about pieces of it, but how does it all come together? All right, so um, I guess uh, for someone who's uh, who hasn't played the demo and doesn't know uh, what the game is, mm-hmm. uh, you get to play as a space cat. Now, uh, space cats are kind of like these sentient beings, space right? Cat. No, that's the real cat. That's actually the cat that uh, it's based on. That's Domino. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Hi, baby. Hi, she can't, she so, can't hear you, so she's like staring at me, going, "Why does this woman have a camera in my face?" <laughs> I just lost so, my cat last year, but I moved her. No, oh, yeah, I moved her thing up there. I don't know if I told you, Matt, but Jackie made me this pillow, this very horrible pixelated pillow. It's adorable. Um, Zuri, because it's it was such a dark picture. So mm-hmm. but yeah. But you play you play as her. You play as I love you, Kitty. You you play as <laughs> Inspector Domino, the uh the rookie officer of the RCNP, the Royal Cosmic Narwhal Police. And <laughs> see, Matt's laughing because he knows. <laughs> and you are char- you are charged with finding uh a jewel that you have been told is uh, very precious and something that you need to get back for the RCMP's records. However, when you actually do find the shape-shifting thief, things happen and it's mm. up to you. It's up to you where you go from there. It's up to you. Yeah, so you- basically the, 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 the person who stole it um, created an intergalactic uh, like uh, incident. Uh, and so now there's two, these two planets or the, the, there's two planets that are they're, that are uh, at each other's throat because of this this Ooh, gem, the, this war. jewel that was stolen. Yeah, so you're sent in because you're uh, you know you're 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 a space cat. It's like, come on, uh, you're, you're gonna catch a jewel. <laughs> you're like, uh, you're a space come cat. On. Yeah. yeah, cat burglar. I got yeah. it. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. But um, I love the voice acting too. Like it fits oh, each you. character so well, which is funny because they're all animals and like aliens. But like I could not imagine like the main character sounding any other way. <laughs> Actually, L- Lauren does the voice for Domino. Uh, Luis does all the male voices in the game, and I do the monster voices. And some. Of oh that my god! <laughs> that's so cool. I know and then how you much guys fun. hired people, right? That's, yeah, that's like, so cool. Like I know. it's so distinct. Because especially because Destiny you. and I had so much fun kind of voicing alongside the characters <laughs> because of how much like how much fun they were to listen to that we started doing it like alongside the, them. So it's like if you, if you ever need like any other aliens or anything voiced, like Destiny and I got you. But yeah, it was, yeah, seriously. I do a really definitely. good chubby little boy tiger character. If you watch that the is Beacon Pine, so specific. <laughs> it's very that's specific. Why, yeah. That's why from Beacon Pines. Uh, <laughs> That was uh-huh. really weird. If you didn't understand the context, no, I did. I played play this demo. But we, we we had to. We had no choice. We we want we had people we wanted to get for the voices. Uh, Lauren was the first person I contacted for a voice because I did the original voice for Domino, and it just wasn't good. I we needed somebody who was bright and cheery, 
and I have a much deeper register and it just wasn't, it just wasn't good. So I asked her and then she had just come off another game and I said, Hey, do you want to do uh, our social media stuff for our game as well? So she happens to do both things. So now she, she does our manages our social media, but she also does the voices in the game. See, but Luis does all the male about. voices. Yeah, so, so basically, we're a really good chubby guy. Well, there's actually a um, a baby Earl that we're gonna need for the future. Hey, and he's got I friends too. I can do too, it. So well, like maybe cool maybe go listen to the Beacon Pines podcast first. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or voicing alongside Facebook because yeah, like before before we commit to anything here, maybe you yourself. Well, you're getting yourselves into more so than us because uh, we'll have fun with it. Yeah, That's we'll always have fun with it. But it's, but it's that's a, so cool. We've had I'm a number sorry, of people. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> Don't sorry, be sorry. Uh, Just be quiet. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Spaceballs reference. Um, yeah. But um, the, the the we had a whole bunch of people coming in and saying. You know, uh, here's my demo, uh, and I listened to their demo and the, the, for, for voice acting, and I was like, wow, this would be great. And then I'm like, uh, but look, I, I take voice acting very seriously. I got to pay people for, for, their, for their talents. So I was like, I, not, not yet. For the demo, I think I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to wing it as best I can. Without, I'll try to make the voices as, as uh, varied as I can so it doesn't sound like it's the same person all the time. And then I was like, but uh, I've got you on my list. And then I, I just have this list, literally a list with, uh, with the names of people I want to bring in so that, mm-hmm. you know, we can, we can have voice talent properly with, with an actual, you know, getting paid for, for doing it. Yeah. So, I appreciate yeah. you wanting to pay people for that. I know that sounds weird, but it's, in our industry, <laughs> yeah, with like with some companies, you know, they want you to do the work and then like, they don't talk about pay until later. Like you put in all this time and like, that's, I think that's one of like, one of the downfalls of working for a startup um, company and things like that. And so I really appreciate that you're like, look, we're not going to bring you on until we can properly pay you. Because I think that is so important that you get paid for your time. And I'm saying that to all our listeners. If you want to get into something, even if it's not a lot of money at first, you should be paid for your time. time. Every time. Yes. Your skills and your talents are valuable. You have to make sure that people understand that. It's like the worst is for writers, I think. They they get... Really? Is it? Huh? <laughs> like, how ask me again how I feel. <laughs> how do you feel, Michelle? <laughs> I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> I feel impoverished. <laughs> Twenty-four books. Where's my effing paycheck? Oh my god! No, it's, it's it's just how it is. But yes, writers unfortunately do because they'll they'll ask it because if if you it, especially now with with the internet. If you if you are a seasoned writer, somebody who has a lot of experience, you'll go, okay, here are my rates, you know, $45 per page, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. then they'll go, oh, well, we have this other person who's willing to do it for free. You go, yes, but that person is in university and mm-hmm. they don't have experience. And yes, while you are while you are going to get that person for free, you don't know what kind of quality you're going to get. If you do get quality, that's great. You hit a jackpot. But what happens when that person starts asking for money? You're just gonna mm-hmm. go. You're just gonna go younger and younger, or yeah. less and less experience. That's what until, they do. Yeah, you know, you you have to you have to pay people. I I've you know, especially all the a lot of video game journalists as well don't get paid very well. 
there was the there's been tons of I won't, won't mention names, but you did tons of scandals on on people who have recently left. You know, certain uh, big big ones that you think, oh, for sure they they would they would get paid, and, real, and they're saying no. Actually, we only got paid like per article or whatever. Yes, so they, yeah. So they write like like three page article, and they would get like twenty dollars for that. It's not a lot. No. I when I was first looking at writing, um, they would be like, we want you to write this many articles per day or per per week and it would be a lot right mm-hmm. and then you would look at the pay and it just would not equate to the time that you had to research whatever you were doing the time it took to write it the time to send it in have them look at it go back and make edits like they don't take any of that into account because it's there's rarely a time you will send something in the first time and they'll be like this is perfect yeah right? Yeah, even if, sure. well, or or if they if they don't. So, for example, my latest book for my publisher, because the paper shortage, it's like six months late in publishing, and so I said, I I, I, so after after I sent it in, I said, you realize this is six months later, meaning that you are no longer allowed to ask for edits. You get what you get. You don't get upset. Right. And yeah, so when he's he was asking, he was saying to me, so he's like, oh, this only happens over three chapters. Ah, nope. Nope. You, you want me to rewrite it now? We have to redo the contract and you will repay me because and I'm not. And that's absolutely fair Yeah, because mm-hmm. they'll try to take advantage of you. I know when I was doing graphic design work and stuff like that, I'd have to put that in. Like you get three reviews mm-hmm. yep. and then after that, it's more yep. because people will keep coming back to you. They will abuse it. And yep. then they'll sit there and be like, I would never do that. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. And they'll, and they'll withhold yes. payment if you don't. Yep. Yeah, that's why you always ask. Always ask for at least half up front. Yeah, if, if you're doing any sort of freelance, it's it's really sad because it, it puts everybody in a bad situation. So for a person that's just coming out of school, they're they're being offered money, and and it's like they don't have any experience. So they want to have experience in any way, and mm-hmm. they're not being offered any money. And it's like they are, by doing this, they're kind of like scab workers by doing it in a way because yeah. they're taking away money that would have gone to somebody who would have been paid for it. And it's like, you can't really blame them either. They're just coming out of school. They'll take oh, whatever absolutely. they can. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it, like, you know, it's like, what a terrible scenario that is. So if, yeah. if there's the a golden rule. awful. Yeah. It, awful. Especially because it's like you get paid in exposure. You get paid in, in you know, so building funny. up your resume. And it's yeah. just like, why I'm from Canada. I'm from Canada. We die from exposure here. That's how it goes. <laughs> it, it's minus 20 outside. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah. Walking outside and like your entire face freezes and you can instantly feel your nostrils go. It's just like, no, I hate every second of this. Why do I live here? <laughs> we, we live in the place where the air, the air hurts our face. So this way we don't have to deal with bugs. That's that's why we do it. I mean, like, that's fair. <laughs> but if we you, still get, get a ton of bugs in the summer. It doesn't get human. Actually, you know what? No, yes! I'm cutting it off. In Toronto, here. at least. It off here. Yeah, it does. In Montreal, here, Montreal, yeah. we're an island, and Toronto is a is one of the obviously main main ports on the river. I mean, it's between. A swamp. You can say yeah. So you guys yeah. get swamp, and then you get freezing cold temperatures. That's yep. awful. You know what's even worse? A flood that's freezing water. <laughs> that that's happened awful. last year. Oh, yeah, it was last yeah. February. It Delicious. Everything I had, every, I'm every, so sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. That's uh, like I, I walked away uh, with my cat. We're both okay, and uh, oh, yeah, you know we survived. Yeah, where is yeah. he? Where is Seymour? Uh, he was just here so. Wait, Seymour is the male cat that we want to put in the game. As you as should. Yeah. I am always for more cats. As <laughs> on my tweets. Well, part of cat. part of the side project that we're doing now for Space Boat is the cat is a cat cafe on Domino's home planet. So it's going to be all cats. 
I love that. That is incredible. I've been so playing that, a whole game that's just about cat cafes. That so is that, what it is. Yeah. Exactly. So that's actually a perfect segue into a question that I had. So let's, I'm going to gaze into Wait, my- I had my, a question first. I'm sorry. I have to go. stop it. <laughs> so let me know if this is the same question you had. No. But we talked about it earlier. Like you brought up that the, the name of your company also has to do with, and I, I, I kind of wanted you to get into that before Matt asked whatever he was going to ask. <laughs> so. Was not the same question, by the way. Okay, well then you can ask it after mine. <laughs> so so um, the word discombobulate is an actual uh, Eng- English word. I, I think it's been added to the dictionary not long ago. It's no, not it's, really... it's, it's been there for quite a while. All right, yeah. so it's, it's basically to be discombobulated means you're um you're not feeling too well you're a little dizzy you're not you know your head's not there basically Mm -hmm. is what the best way to describe it so recombobulator is a made-up word i made it up and it basically means to get your head back so get everything back together and bring sanity back uh and the reason why is when i started this company i was like this is insane i've worked with in so many places where there were all of these things happening in some places i had no idea it was happening in other places, I got to see it, and it was terrible, and I couldn't do anything about it. There's got to be some sanity back in games. So I figured, Recombobulator Games, it's going to stand for something. It means we get our mental well-being back in games, because there is absolutely just unacceptable things that are happening in the industry right now. So that that's the core of the idea of Recombobulator To be fair, though, games. it's not, as and as I always tell Luis, it's not just it's not just in games. It's everywhere. It's just that yeah. because the yeah. gaming industry is a young, relatively young industry, of only mm-hmm. about 35 years. It's and and because we work online and because we network very freely with each other, it's known it's it's more out in the open. Let me tell you how what goes on in publishing and how bad it is there. It's the same. It's the same thing. Well, it's not thing it's, with... it's just that, you know, so whenever whenever we hear people going, "Ah, video games are evil." It's because it, it's it has nothing to necessarily to do with the the industry or the work that we do, it has to do with the fact that you have a certain group of people who are in charge of all the money and in mm-hmm. charge of all of the uh, all the goings on in the company and in charge of production. And it's yeah. the same anywhere. It's the same in publishing. It's the same in, in banking offices. You have one person who is in charge of the power and you have an HR office that doesn't care because they don't want to lose their jobs. And then you and then whenever whenever there's money, there is corruption. And there's yeah. always going to be somebody who's going to who's going to be willing to push somebody off the cliff to save their own skin. So I'm not saying that uh, like we're going to be uh, free of all that because it's kind of naive to think that it couldn't happen. So the thing I'm going to what I'm saying is for Recombobulator Games, if I can keep you know get this company like properly on its feet, I, I want to do everything I can to stop those kind of things and to be more aware of it before it happens so that I can stop it. And already our our team's really tiny right now. We're just three people, but Mm -hmm. we're getting along just fine. I think I've been taking the pulse. It blows my mind that it's three people, which is, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Because oh, like true. looking at that game, like you were like, what do you mean? No, <laughs> it's a good thing. Because like looking at the quality of the game, we definitely thought that it was more people than just three people. So 
And I I think you're on the right path to kind of making a safe environment for your company because you've you've experienced it as a male yourself. And I think a lot of like, not a lot of guys, because I don't like to make blanket statements, but a lot of the issues have come from men sexual over-sexualizing their coworkers. And, and a lot of like the toxicity usually comes from the male gamer and you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think like experiencing that as a male and seeing it and um, it kind of helps because it's not this thing where you're like, well, I've never experienced it before, so it must not be that big of a deal. Because you get that. You you hear that. Mm-hmm. For people who don't see things visually or for people who've never experienced it, it's hard for them to empathize with people who are going through that. So I think the fact that you've already been through that is really going to help create the culture of your company. I think you are on an incredible path. And I can already see that you and Michelle have a really, really good relationship um, that's built out of respect and trust. And I think that's one of the main, like, the cores of having, you know, a good partnership. Yeah. I'm also one of the only people he talks to all day. So if he pisses me off, I just, <laughs> I just, I just turn it just off. Michelle. <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> go away. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Michelle. Oh, I was just going to say uh, that, well, I mean, even in the last company that Luis worked, he, he left. <laughs> he found he found out that his boss, I mean, this is quite public knowledge now, uh, where he, uh, that uh, the person that he worked for is a, is a sexual predator. But he found out when he was leaving and he went, oh, hell no. And he just, he left and he told everybody about it. And no one said anything. It was kept under wraps. Even the the uh, second CEO, who was also a woman in the company, she was an enabler and just told people not to say anything and be very quiet. And very luckily, a couple of months later, the story obviously exploded. Uh, and it, it as sucks. As it should. Yeah, as it should. But it sucks. It sucks for the devs who are, who, are working there who have lost jobs but that's why people often don't come forward because they go if this company goes down i also lose my job Mm -hmm. but you know yeah there's already a a toxic environment there there was like a like the things that i i really can't stand in the workplace and then then i you know i I was talking to somebody who was like yeah apparently there's uh there's a kind of a class action suit from a number of women that are uh are trying to sue him for for sexual harassment and i'm like Oh my God! I... That's wild that you didn't even know about it because everybody was trying to be quiet about yeah, it. Yeah, because the HR people or... were were purposely hushing up, or pe- they were telling people to leave, or you know, if you don't like it, there's other places to go, right? Right. We 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 have friends who work at I have students who work at Ubisoft, and I'm constantly asking, "Are you okay? Is everything okay there?" So, and they tell me on their teams they're fine, but I do know people who have been harassed there, and it's it's something that we just we don't want to have to ever deal with. Also, I guess for- as well for now, now that you know, now that all the boomers are gone and we can actually all work from home, we we notice <laughs> amazingly when you don't have to be, when you're not forced to be present in uh, in a physical environment all the time. Amazingly, people get work done. Instead, they stop harassing their coworkers. Isn't that interesting? How that mm. works out, you know. Yeah, all we have Absolutely. to do is change their passwords and not explain how to reset it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you try throwing it on and off again? Oh my god! Sorry, I can't, I can't hear you anymore. Are you using Zoom or, or you know you just make up something new? Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> a b- boomer meeting. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm I don't know if you know. I promise, that. I'm not a cat like that guy who no. turned out to also <laughs> right. be a massive asshole. 
Oh my God. But I, I'm really glad that you guys brought that up. And yeah, we, we actually talked about like some of the things going on with some of the AAA companies and how we're just not going to support their games or play any of their previews. So since that all came out um, about Ubisoft, we haven't really we haven't really featured or played any of their games. And I think it, it comes down to and they're not even worth it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it our, sucks I think our first too. game was from there. Wasn't it? Not our first no? one. It was okay. one of our first, but not our first. Okay. But that was before we knew mm-hmm. or before I yeah. knew. Um, but I think it comes down to like, just like the integrity of a person and you have so many people who don't have integrity. And I think once you're in um, a situation like that, um, all you can do is, I mean, report it and then exit. Yep. You know, well, so. actually, it's funny because there, there's there's different ways of looking at that too. Because uh, in my case, I'm I've been very lucky um, uh, because I'm part of the group that that barely exists. We're like unicorns, uh, like finding a unicorn in the in the wild or a yeti. I'm actually more like a yeti, I think. Uh, I'm <laughs> so, so I'm like this this mystical yeti called a tech artist or tech animator. Um, I'm actually even weirder enough uh, or, or even more uh, more more strangely is that um, I'm both tech anim and tech art so I've been doing those two along the way usually it's just one or the other um, but the thing is companies really look for 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 us uh, like tech artists because we do something that very few people do like out of a hundred people you might have one person that pops up and goes I'm gonna be a tech artist right and I think that number is even exaggerated it's less than that so mm-hmm. we're in demand all the time, and there's a plethora of different kinds of tech artists as well. So we're, it's difficult to find us. So in my case, if I'm in a company where I detect, and I've got a pretty good nose for this stuff now, I've like I started catching catching these quicker than than uh, than before. Like now I'm starting to get good at it. If I detect that there's something off, like a toxic culture, an entitled group, or something like that, I'm like peace. I'm out. <laughs> And, I'm, and I just get up because I can't. I love I that. Because mm, you, have... you don't need that kind of negativity in your life. Exactly. And but I think I'm in a position to, to do that. So, yeah. yeah, that's true. You are in a position to do that. I, it, regardless if I'm in the position to do that or not, I won't stay because I, I prioritize my mental health more than the job itself so like matt knows like we were both working at a school and i was just like done and the only reason why i stayed a year longer is because of covid but i was just ready to go and i think after a while like you really do have to think about yourself and your mental health and also can we think about other people too like if you see that happening to somebody or you see that somebody's struggling with that like if you're not going to speak up at least check on that person don't just sit there like because I forgot what it's called, that phenomenon where like we see something happening and we're like, oh, well, the next person will take care of it. The bystander and then, effect. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A kitty, the, the case of Kitty Genovese. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we like not do that? If you see someone being harassed, like you should definitely, if you're too afraid to stand up for them, at least check on them and make sure that they're okay. Because I can't tell everybody to stand up for people. Some people just don't have it in them to do that. But at least, you know... Check on and I've seen very subtle ones too, which is difficult because it's like I just saw someone get chewed out. They had chairs thrown at them and stuff like that. And that is uh, not subtle. At... <laughs> no, no. Like, I mean, it's subtle in the sense that it happens in an office. You, you can barely catch it in the corner of your eye, and everybody ah. else. Saw it. Mm-hmm. So that's by that's what I mean by subtle. Okay. Uh, but you're right; it isn't subtle, uh, and that that was actually in a really big company, which I will not name. 
that, that happened in a big company, a big AAA company. And uh, HR want, wanted nothing to do about it. Uh, like we, we spoke to them about it. Uh, so we did speak up, but nothing happened. They protected mm-hmm. him because he was he was a producer. Human resources is a double think for company integrity. Mm-hmm. Human resources is there to protect the company. I hope people yeah. know this. Like that is what human resources is there for. They are not about the individual. They yeah. are about the company. So yeah. as long as you know that going in and reporting it, that like it might not go anywhere. It's not you. It's just the company life. That's just how it is. Human Luckily, resources is never nowadays there. though we have Twitter. So if if you catch yeah. something happening, yep. just take make it, it go on your viral. Phone. Yeah, <laughs> put, put it on your phone and blow it up because oh, yeah. that, that's what you have to do is you have to publicly embarrass. Look, look at Activision. The only way that, that they actually got any help was because they got publicly embarrassed for the state of California. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. California was like, but, we are having it. Yeah. But consider the scenario, though. There's a lot of people there that are also good people that are working yeah. there and that they're they're paying for their for for what these other people are doing uh, as well. So. It's always kind of complicated. Like in the other scenario too, let's say I, I'm, you know, I'm a tech artist. I can just go wherever I want. I've got a, an offer almost every week. No joke, not even exaggerating. It just comes in through LinkedIn, and that's why I never go in there because the 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 HR people I wish or the I have that are, problem. Like I don't get on LinkedIn because people are always trying to hire me because I'm so good at what I do. Oh, it's not even that you do. They want to hire you just to to outsource you to other countries. Even if you're not as good as what you do, just getting all those job offers. Like I'm really shit at my job, but people just need me. So it it wasn't a humble brag. It was. You'd be surprised because you get treated like trash as a janitor. I'm not kidding. A tech artist oh, get treated like janitors. Sucks. So it's not really all that uh, great. Can you, uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Can you explain what a tech artist does? Because I feel like we're throwing this word around a lot, this title. Yeah. And like, I'm not sure I understand what it is. So I know we probably have listeners who are like, what is that? What is yeah. that? <laughs> so, so let's say you have um, like, okay, so I'll talk about tech animators. It's a, usually a little bit easier to, to understand a tiny bit. Uh, so let's say you have the, the, what we call the modeler, the 3d modeler. He, they, they will, they will make the, the model uh, right. in, in, you know, sculpt it and make it look pretty and really look amazing. Um, and then you have somebody who, uh, will animate it, make come, make it come to life by moving it and so on. They don't touch the model. But in order for them to move it around, you have to have a technical animator like myself, or uh, sometimes they're referred to as technical directors, but they're not directors. But anyway. So you're the, you're the guy who rigs stuff. I'm the, I'm the guy that does the rig, yeah. I knew I knew what that was, and I just <laughs> could not. And I will yeah. tell you why. I went to school for 2D animation and media arts. That's what I got my undergrad in. But then I got my master's in 3D special effects and animation. And my best friend wanted to be a technical director. So I was like, this word, I know what it is because she rigs. And yeah. I hate rigging. And I hate cleaning <laughs> Most people do too. That's yeah. actually why I... I That's, that I, makes I sense why teacher. there's not a lot of you. Yeah, no, yeah. makes sense. I, I part-time teacher because... It's a it's usually a block for many for many people because they're like a lot of people go into into school and go I want to create a character from scratch and give it life and then they're like oh here's my concept art here's my model it looks awesome oh how do I make it move yeah and then there's this giant wall that they hit <laughs> it's hard it, it, it is well once you have the the core uh, like ideas uh, uh, you know, explained well 
you okay, should be that's able to what get, we'll okay. say. It's not hard. I just didn't have it explained to me. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's hard. It's hard. No, it's, 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 it's easy for Louise because there's, there's a lot of math involved. And yeah. Louis, Louis, no, no. Louis has made his own rigging system. That's why it's easy for him. What? He invented yeah. his own rigging system. That's okay, incredible. Really, that's like, come on now. Come on, come yeah. on now. You are like top 10%. <laughs> I, I picked a turtle to animate and rig because I was like, oh, his back never moves. I just got to move his feet. And his- <laughs> That's <laughs> clever. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, it, it's like um, it can be complicated, but there's also a part of it that can be simplified. So that's why I, I, went, into, uh, I went to school because I wanted to show people that were hitting that wall that was basically literally ru- ru- ruining their, their, uh, their whole dreams. Like yeah. they, they – they went to school to learn how to give life to a character the they, they imagined, and then <laughs> no, it just kidding. kills it. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, you'd be surprised. Some students have been doing that. They do uh, buy things in order to pa- bypass this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, where it gets really sad. Yeah, it gets I would. Sad. I would do that because I'm just. I'm not. I'm not a rigger. I don't like it. It's not creative to me. It's very. It's very. What is it? Left brain. That's very logical. What Artesian. is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's very very like. Cause I'll see Jackie and she's like working on something for team Kaizen like this. And it's like the character has water for arms and I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Not doing that. He would have just had so, regular arms and they would have been upset. So uh, what a tech artist is, is the uh, equivalent of that, but in environment art. So they're the ones that are doing all the crazy shaders. They're the ones that make the waves of water kind of yeah. uh, you know, do all the nice things and all that stuff. So they're, they're doing all the stuff that blocks artists on the other end on the environments. Okay. So tech art and tech anim are kind of like, basically, these are the groups of people that de-block uh, other people to, to keep going to to the end. Yeah. And you do both of those? Yes, those are my... What uh, programs do you work in? I'm just curious. I'm just throwing them out there. That, that's the thing that's <laughs> funny. There's, it's almost like a religious thing. Um, and it's almost like a religious war between the different softwares. Mm. So over the years... Um, I've come to the conclusion that every software that exists out there, just know them as many of them as you can Mm. and understand that each one of them has a strength and a weakness that the other software may not have. Uh, so for example, uh, while I was at Bioware, I got pegged as the 3d studio max wizard, but the problem with that was that they were switching to Maya. So they were like, he's no good at Maya. Right. And I'm like, guys, I just, if did you can the do 3D, the- yeah, if you can do yeah. 3D, sorry, if you can do 3D Studio Max, you can do Maya because we had to learn those like way back before there was like Blender and all these other ones, which dates me. But like, because Maya <laughs> was animation industry standard. Mm-hmm. So if you were making movies for like Pixar, you used Maya. But if you were making video, and that's because for, I'm sorry, I'm like throwing some knowledge out there. That's because for animated films, they could take a higher resoluted character. So that means like you could have more polygons. And I don't know if that's helping anybody, but it just means they're more high res. And that means they're heavier, right? So for movies, you could do that. It was kind of standard. But for gaming, you wanted to use lower poly characters. And then you wanted to kind of to make them look high res poly it would be like shaders and and textures and all of that kind of stuff. So for me, 3D Studio Max was for gaming, and that's the only thing they taught us how to do with 3D Studio Max. And then for Maya, it was all like if we wanted to work for Pixar or if we wanted to do uh, 3D animated shows. I'm pretty sure it's different now. That was a long time ago. 
<laughs> yeah, that was the, the consensus back then. Where, like, for example, if you're talking Shrek era, they were using something called NURBS. No one even knows what that is anymore. I know what NURBS are. Uh, you didn't want to do NURBS in 3D Studio Max. No. It was terrible. But in Maya, it was Maya, you entirely yeah. designed for NURBS, right? So, yeah, and in in when, when you were able, like, back then, that was a thing, and you'd have to use Maya or, or Softimage, uh, the, the original one, before it became XSI. It's just better uh, for organic shapes. Yeah, back then. Now, yeah. Nowadays, they're all kind of... Now you can use of, Blender and all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, and it's free. Um, and Mudbox, stuff like that. Mudbox, I wouldn't touch it because it's still owned by the Monopoly. Yeah, ah, you'd want to use okay. ZBrush. Besides, okay. ZBrush kind of surpassed uh, Mudbox because uh, the Monopoly that bought Mudbox didn't actually develop anything for it. They just sat on the uh, on the license of it. And go oh. figure, a Monopoly didn't actually advance. Oh, uh, wow. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Looking at you, Adobe. Wow. <laughs> yep. Actually, in this case, it's Autodesk. It's uh, oh, that yeah, one's even true. worse. Uh, yeah, but, but what's funny is that when I ended up at IDOS, uh, I was showing all the tech that I knew for Maya, and I got pegged as the Maya guy, and to the point <laughs> where even Autodesk called me, and I'm like, "Man, I can can you just do a conference call with the Bioware people so they can hear you call me a Maya expert?" I, I just I want them to hear this. <laughs> Didn't they they even hired they even hired somebody uh they even they even hired somebody else to help apparently whatever they wanted to do just didn't work. Uh, it was great. M Matt, it's, I feel uh, bad. What was your question? I feel bad that you haven't said anything for like no, 10 minutes. No, I was just letting the conversation play out. Um no, so for myself what I was wondering cuz I mean you brought up the the Space Cat Cafe and like, so I wanted to say, or I want to ask, like, let's say five years down the line, space goes out. It's been a massive success. You guys are doing very, very well for yourselves. Which you will. Which, which you will. <laughs> I mean, this is again, crystal ball. I can, I, I can definitively say this is going to happen. Um, Manifest. Where, exactly. Where <laughs> would you want to take the universe next? Right. Cause the, uh, like you guys are, you don't refer to it as just the game, right? You keep talking about it as a universe, as, as a, yeah. as a whole place that you want to play around in. Is that a potential space boat too? Is that a TV show? Is that an animation? Is that TV a different show. genre of game in the same kind of world? Like, you know, pie in the sky, you choose whatever it is that you want to do. Michelle, I'll ask you first, where do you want to see recombobulator games go in the future? I just want to make a game. Okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> I know. She's like uh, baby steps, Matt. Baby yeah. steps. Calm down. Uh, I think I, I think it's I think it's because, you know, especially when you when you're dealing with uh with the, the game that's looking for funding, you 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 need the funding first before. Mm. I mean, we we did it we did the did it the opposite way. We actually had we had decided originally that we were gonna do episodes and that each episode was going to be its own game. And then we were told by publishers, no, don't do that. Episodic games don't sell anymore. We're not doing mm -hmm. that. So just do single game and then call the second one something else. And the second one said, oh, okay, fine. So we, we just want to be able to make another one. That's mm -hmm. it. I, as, of, as of right now, we just want to be able to make another one. We have a GoFundMe set up for the, for the Cat Cafe for people who want to contribute. And we just want to be able to get this out there. So this way we can get Space Boat out there and then, and then hopefully just continue the universe. But uh, the, it, it, it's really up to Luis where he would want to take the universe after this. Because even though we have ideas for things planned out, it, uh, for, for, let's say, uh, sequel installments, mm -hmm. it's really up to him after, after we get these two games out where we wants to go. To infinity I, I, and beyond. I know, I know. He would want to. He would want to do a TV series, but you know, we can't. We can't do three people. Can't do two games of a TV <laughs> right. series. Yeah, at one time. of course. 
It's uh, it's what I call an omniverse. I know that the metaverse has been a big thing. Well, mm-hmm. I'm talking about omniverse. It's basically everything. No, metaverse is, is over. We can't. We can't. We can't. No, <laughs> no, no but ser- seriously. But, but seriously, I've been he talking really about did. the omniverse for a while. Um, so the idea, uh, the idea of of uh, spaceboat, it's an omniverse, meaning everything can exist there, and it's okay. It works. You can have space cats. You can have. Like, uh, like actual good sci-fi, like start, like Star Trek, like older Star Trek uh, stuff, like good sci-fi in there, and it and it doesn't matter. It all works. It, it can still work together. You just mm-hmm. you can accept it. Now there is one thing, and this is co- I, I, if my uh, my childhood friend is listening. The one thing I won't accept is is scanners. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a long story, but essentially, uh, when I created this a long time ago, like when I created the universe a long time ago, I wanted uh, there was a there was again. There was three of us there, and one of them was a big Trekkie fan. Like he was, he was a huge Trekkie, and he was he wanted to help out on this project. And he was like, "Okay, we we need to have scanners for this part." And I'm like, "No, no, no scanners, no scanners," because it it kind of ruins this this story that I'm working on. Like it, we'll we'll have something else, but not scanners specifically. That's t- still too high. Like the technology is a little bit too much because you're basically uh, an invisible eye that can go into everything and see everything. No, that's going to ruin the story. And then I was like, and the whole point of this is we keep it like it's it's like space trucking practically. It's like, yes, the miracle of space travel, but we're just trucking lanes. So scanners right. kind of detracts from the message. And there was this huge argument about that one <laughs> to the point to the point where the project just we we decided to disband basically. Wow. <laughs> but it's like your story. So if you're like you didn't want scanners, like why why not just respect that you didn't want it's, scanners? It's still <laughs> my fault to some extent too. I'm also guilty here because I was I was very staunch and I was like, nope, no scanners. And they were like, well, why not? And I I guess I didn't have the ability to you know explain. Uh, why I couldn't, I didn't want to have scanners and how I'm it biased. ruined everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just like, if I want scanners, <laughs> I want scanners in my story. Like, yeah, there's no scanner. <laughs> that, that was I that can, was the before yeah. me times. That was before me coming along and going, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, so and now he's it's so open to listening to you, and I love that. You're like, no, 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 no. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Oh, no, he won't, yeah. he, he won't go, okay, he'll go, but, but, uh, and I can see, like, the veins starting to pop on the sides of his head. They're going, just listen as to why this doesn't make sense. Then you can have a heart attack about it later. See, that's, <laughs> good, that's good communication skills, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just tell Matt what I don't like, usually. And he just listens. <laughs> and he just goes, no. He'll, sometimes he'll be like, yeah, but, and I'm like, yeah, but no. <laughs> like, it just doesn't look good like that. And then I'll have to go get examples of why it doesn't look good. Yeah. Also, I'm very straightforward through text. So I'm always worried that I'm coming off like a lot more angry than I'm sounding. Like I could be smiling and be like, hey, this, this shit. The power of emojis. Yeah. There was somebody apologizing. Our friend Jordan Taylor, who is the CEO of HitSense, somebody said to him recently that emojis were not professional. And, and so, so he wrote. F- oh, I saw that. Face. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write emojis all the time, smiley face. But I, I agree with him. I, I won't put them necessarily in emails, but text mess all the time, just to be yeah. sure mm-hmm. people don't, 
you've seen like that Jordan Peele sketch where he's, he's like, yeah. I don't know, man, whatever. And, and what, and like, the other whatever. Guy <laughs> yeah. That's important though. That's yeah. really important. And I'm glad you brought that up because like, you never know how somebody else's day is and they'll take that in a tone that reflects whatever they've been going through. So yeah. like you could be the nicest person, but somebody could have just yelled at them and they'll take your tone as like, you're giving them attitude as well. So I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Though you Emojis should watch are that. Fine. You put, should watch that. Put them on everything. Yes. <laughs> Especially if it's not professional. Context. It's professional. I try to keep it professional. Sometimes I sign off with a little uh, greater than sign and a three. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's fine. As, yeah. as Key's professional. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, best regards. No worries. <laughs> Oh, you're so cold. I just, so cold. I put, yeah, I, I put best. <laughs> I'm like best, best me. <laughs> oh, so harsh. Oh man. Whenever I get a message that says best regards back to me, I'm like, I just nod and I go, okay, I, I see you. Oh, I'm glad that you did that though. Like you have a physical reaction to it. You're like, all right, man, yep. I see you. Best regards see you. to you too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also difficult because we all know, we all understand now the language of emails. Like it's been what, 20 years. So we understand, yeah. mm-hmm. we understand how people get passive aggressive as per my last email. Oh my God. As per my last email. Yeah, exactly. So and any of the, any of the, um, uh, uh, passive aggressiveness, you have to, you have to use emojis now mm-hmm. in, or, in order to make sure that that doesn't, that translates properly. Yeah, no, I agree. Because sarcasm does not translate properly if you do not use some sort of emojis. No. Also, the, the right. language doesn't work for everybody the same way. So if you say something like, as per our discussion of February the 24th type of thing, something like that, uh, it's like somebody who sees that is like, oh, my God, it's like they're going lawyer on me. What, what's going on? What are you doing? You got to put the dot, dot, dot more... after it, like the three dots, <laughs> so they know you're annoyed. As per our discussion, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. You'd be surprised the, the in a lot of the big AAA companies, we got training. They would put us into uh, these classes. To not put the even, dots? No, no, not the dots. Oh, but okay. for they actually, they gave us Lego blocks, uh, like cushiony Lego blocks with okay. colors. So the idea was each personality was represented by a different kind of color. And then if a person is analytical, they get the blue block. So what... <laughs> So I'm not joking. They spent a lot of money on those little blocks. So when you would go to someone's desk and you would see, oh, it's a blue block on his on the desk. <laughs> oh my this, God. I have to approach this person this way or else I might anger them. You'd be surprised that's how funny, much money. But that's really like, I think we should teach children that way on, on how to approach people. Like seriously, now that I'm thinking about it, because um, yeah. we do that one size fits all thing. But that's really interesting. It's funny that they used Lego blocks with you guys, because I know they probably spent a ton on the fact that it was Lego blocks. <laughs> and they could have used anything with the colors. What your AAA stuff. money is going toward. <laughs> Lego oh my blocks. God. Oh, my God. I'm upset now that I realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but sorry. I'm... Is, no, it's, it's okay. Like, go, I'm sorry. Flying, like, the... God, oh, sorry. No, I keep go. doing it, too. No. <laughs> the the problem that I had with that is that you're taking the whole spectrum of uh, human personality and you're shoving it into four different colors and combinations oh, of those. Oh, four yeah. colors? Okay, yeah, it's I just four that. colors. And- I really thought it was more than four colors. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's really, it was literally just four colors. Um, and, um, and, and then you could have combinations of them. So you could say, oh, I'm, I'm a bit yellow and I'm a bit red, but I'm mostly blue. And then you put the three blocks because when you did the test, 
that's what the colors that came out to that describe you best. So you were brown in the end. Actually, <laughs> in my case, because I'm kind of like in the same way that in video games, I kind of do a bit of everything. I'm uh-huh. like, uh, you can see it in the demo. Are I you like black then. No, I'm um, I'm all the blocks, so I'm all four of them, and so people would be like, black? "No, it's just it's the four colors. That's it." Oh, I was sorry. I was colors. like doing color theory and mixing the colors. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, so if I was it red and blue, you're doing purple. more work than the HR. I was, does. I was definitely doing right? more yeah. work. Sorry. It depends if it's a, a light based uh, system or if it's a pigment system. If oh. you're going with light, all colors combine equals uh, white. If you're going with pigments, all colors combine equals black. You know what? I was going with pigments. I was not going with, <laughs> I was not going with light. Good call on yeah. that. There's a lot of times where where someone's like mixing paints and they're like, yellow and blue make brown? What is this? This is not green. I thought it was supposed to be green. I've been lied to my entire childhood. And it's just because it's pigments. When they're talking about yellow and blue, they're actually talking about light. And light combined equals green. So The more you know. The more you know. Right. So painters (laughs) painters think in pigment and uh, 3D artists think in uh, color because our pixels are light. It's a light system. That makes sense. RGB, that, right? Yeah. RGB. Yeah, wait, are you? No, you know what? I'm not going to get into this. This is ran super long. We still got to do news. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, I'm going to throw it over to you. I really was about to be like, but wait a minute. Okay, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we have one piece of news that we're going to touch on today. I'm going to be pulling from IGN written by Adam Bankhurst. Pokemon presents February 2022. Everything announced during the Pokemon Day 2022 celebration. Uh, so I'll run through some of the smaller announcements first. There is a new update for, called the Daybreak Update for Pokemon Legends Arceus. That's already available. I completely um, forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me because I've been <laughs> stuck on Elden Ring and I completely forgot that they announced, oh, by the way, everybody, here's a new update for Arceus. Perfect. Bye. Which is a big yeah. deal for Michelle, trust me. Like, Oh, it's a big her, deal for me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt loves Pokemon. Yeah, all about it. Uh, yeah, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl getting some more stuff. Pokemon Go is getting some Alola Pokemon coming. Uh, and there's some also some mobile game stuff, but I'm not going to touch on that because the big piece of news was Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet announced for yeah, late yeah, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're that means we're going to have three Pokemon games in one calendar year, which is absolutely wild. wild. Actually, yeah. wild. It, it, this is important for you, Luis, too, because so his his big thing was always that why isn't Pokemon open world? It doesn't make any sense. And I agreed with him. See, I loved Sword and Shield, but I understood them. And I always say, I always say this, that a lot of people crap on Pokemon because they are not understanding who, who's playing and buying the Pokemon games most. Us, we, mm-hmm. the, the, the 30 and 40 year olds. But these games are also supposed to be meant for little children. Like when mm-hmm. we played them first, right? I first played Pokemon, I think when I was 12 and, or something like that. When, when, when red and blue, red and green, depending which country you're from, came mm-hmm. out. So um, when when I see people getting angry about, you know, oh, so, sword and shield, does it look great? Oh, it's not open world. I understand, yes, if you want to talk about it on a technical aspect, I, I completely hear you that it's not up to snuff. But mm-hmm. they want to keep the experience pure for little kids, knowing that we're going to play anyway. It doesn't matter because we're the ones yep. that are buying it. That's Nintendo. They'll do whatever they want. You're going to spend yeah. the money on it. <laughs> so, yeah. 
but because of the backlash of Sword and Shield and the fact that, so they put the wild area in and then everybody went, why can't we just have this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they went with Arceus because uh, it's not a mainline or it's not a generation uh, uh, yep. Pokemon game where they could just go, okay, this is for the adults. This is outside everything else. Here's an open world Pokemon game and you can just play it and enjoy it. Now, everybody's people are complaining, oh, but it, you know, it doesn't look great. It doesn't, it's on a Switch, honey. It's not, it, open world games are not going to look great. It's what look, it is. The, I, aside from the fact that Nintendo hasn't even responded to our emails in over a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I have gripes. I have, I have words with, I have to have words with them. Uh, like, seriously, it's been really bad. Uh, like, Microsoft, no problem. We have like everything up for, Xbox One uh, S, One X, uh, Series X, every every everything that they came up with, basically, it's working. Uh, for PlayStation, everything's nicely set up, but for Nintendo, they won't even answer our emails. Yeah, for we're, we're, we're desperately trying to because Spaceboat will work on a Switch, and we're yeah. we're trying to get them to call us, and they they won't. And, but the thing is, hats off to all the game developers that are on the Switch. Seriously, the if you consider that a Switch is basically a mobile chip, like a it's a phone chip from ten years ago. So mm-hmm. it's not even a recent one. It's really terrible hardware, and they're making amazing games. So hats off to the developers for pulling it off. And the guys that did like the the Switcher, like the the Witcher, yeah, like that, yeah Saber Interactive, that is yeah, that's ridiculous. Incredible. Yeah, Magic. so hats off to them. Yeah, it really is. It's it's one. It's like absolutely wonderful work uh, for me. That's one of like the the greatest technical achievements I've seen in our in this generation. So it's when Arceus wild. came out and I I, I said, to, I said, here, Luis, look, here's a fully open world Pokemon game. Now you can shut up. About the <laughs> it's not I feel, my problem. I feel yeah. the same way. I would want an open world one. Cause that's, I grew up watching the cartoons like you guys did. And so yeah. it was very open world. So when I saw the game, I was very unimpressed even back then. So um, now that I haven't bought it yet because it's too expensive for me to buy for something I'm just going to try out, mm-hmm. but I do plan you're, on getting you're it. You're going to like it. Yeah. I think I'm going to love yeah. it because I love open world and I love look, RPGs. Look at the smile. Look at the shine in Matt's eye. Look at the See, smile. I love face. it. That's the whole I love reason it. I bought two Switches, honestly. And one of them I don't even play. It's just in a box. Mm, somewhere right. on my shelf. Re- <laughs> Resell yeah, it. Actually- buy Arceus. There you go. That's an idea. The the thing that bugs me about um, about Pokemon though, since like day one, like even I remember Pokemon on the original GBA, like the like like I've I've seen it from from like a long time, and every time they always had two versions of it. Mm-hmm. And ever since I was a kid, it bothered me that you had to pay double basically to be able to explore everything. And as a result, I've always stayed away from Pokemon because in my mind. It was oh, it's the scam game, the one where they want me to spend twice. <laughs> no, because you, you, you weren't supposed to buy both versions. You were supposed you were supposed to buy one, and your friends. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yes, your friends didn't have any friends who wanted one. to play Pokemon. Unfortunately, see, that's fair. All... I get you. I get you. I understand. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have any friends who wanted to play, so then I had to buy both of them. I would have been exactly. upset too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super curious to see more of this. The trailer looks like a very interesting, like it looks like a, the, a, a great step forward. Uh, we are, did get that open world confirmation that it is going to be perhaps a more traditional Pokemon experience married with the open world of Arceus. Uh, we got our three new starters, which are Sprigatito. So a Sprigatito, little... Luis. It's, it's a, it's a, a leaf cat. It's a little leaf oh, cat. Okay. It's super it's Sprigatito. Oh, okay. You I get, get it? I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. But what what are the textures like on the trees? 
because apparently last <laughs> probably time, not good. Probably not. Good. <laughs> they don't look that I great. absolutely love that was his question. He's like, oh yeah, the cat's cute, but what are the textures like on the trees? <laughs> Take a look at the trailer later. It does look better than Arceus, I think, but I mean, it's coming out like eight months later. Uh, we also got Fue Coco, a little uh, crocodile, a little fire crocodile, and Quaxly, uh, which is basically Donald Trump it's the Donald duck. duck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Donald Trump duck thing. Uh, <laughs> is it like Donald Trump hair. duck thing or is it Donald uh, duck? Because those are two totally different entities. It's, it's Donald, Donald, duck. It's Donald duck. Yes. Because but it also is... looks like Donald Trump. Somebody did a mock up on uh, 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 like a uh, they 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 mocked up his hair and everything. And of yeah, it looks. Anyways, <laughs> all, uh, all three have a massive support online already. Lots yeah, of people are arguing cute. about which one's the best. I personally love Fue Coco. I'm always a fire starter guy, and as much as I love the little leaf cat, I absolutely love this little allig- this little alligator. That's dino the thing. end of our friendship, Matt. Which I was going to say, Michelle, which one? It's <laughs> Brigatito. We're going to get I, the cats, obviously. I don't even Destiny's play the game, and I know it's a cat. So, yes. Louise, between uh, Leaf Cat, f- uh, Fire Crocodile, and Water Duck, which one of these three jump out to you? I, I have to go with the cat, too. I'm sorry. It's got to be the cat. I mean, like, did you see the game that they're making called Space Boat, <laughs> where you don't have to buy two of them, so you yes, can play yeah. by yourself? As far as we know, this, this is just <laughs> a giant plot twist coming. <laughs> And that's uh, but yeah, so it looks great. We'll be learning this more. This is what happens soon. when I criticize Pokemon. Matt will turn on me. Yeah. Oh, do you? You have you, you don't know it. ferocity unless you have angered the Pokemon community. Michelle's I like, I'm going to destroy Spaceboat from the inside out if you keep talking about this. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm not. I'm, I'm I shit not, on I'm Pokemon all the time. Like, yeah, I always course. talk about it on the podcast. Matt loves it, and I'm always nobody's come after me yet, but I wish you would come after me. But anyways, <laughs> that's I'm not going to do that. That's a challenge. There's there's a lot of criticism about Pokemon that is completely fair. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I, I love but, the cartoon. I I yeah, absolutely yeah. love the cartoon. I cried when Ash died in the Mew one. I can't remember. <gasps> Spoiler! Which one. No, I don't care. <laughs> that was like years ago. <laughs> What you haven't seen it? But I haven't you played seen all the, the movies. I've seen the shows. Uh, oh, but I haven't seen well, the movies for some reason. Like it's just like it's just like a really long show. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, like it's it just like a really long episode. Look at oh, Matt, Matt's so sad. He's like, <laughs> but that's what it is. It is they don't do anything like amazing in it. It's still him with Pikachu. The animation's doing... usually better. It's more fun. It's long. It's a longer, concise story. We ain't you here to shit you on anime what? movies. That's better. That's better than we can say for the games, huh? Okay, now. Oh, shots fired. Okay, so now we're done. I just want everybody to get along. You know what I'm saying? You came for me first, Matt. Anyways, so. When? When you started going off like, the animation's better, da-da-da-da-da. It is a long episode. You came for me first. Anyways, in front of Well, I can understand that because my childhood ended when I saw Transformers the movie. Optimus <gasps> Did you go see that in movie? Did you go see that in theaters? They had like no, a special actually, release. I my did. parents didn't want to. They were like, "It's a cartoon. You should see it on TV." So I couldn't. No, see no, it. no. Anyways. They last year they had a special yeah. 35, 35 anniversary release, and I yeah. went to see it all masked up. And I remember when I was going in, and then we're gonna end the podcast, guys. Sorry, I'm like doing this random tangent. And you, then like you we forget though to- that we're in Canada and we still have restrictions. We've had restrictions for two years. We haven't had theaters open in Quebec for two years. Yeah, I'm in the U.S. where they don't care and they don't believe in a <laughs> pandemic. So we went with 
like a mask and everything. And then I was like, yeah, we're going to go see it. And the guy's like, oh, what movie are you going to see? Some guy who was just randomly working there. And I was like, oh, we're going to see Transformers. And this was the most sexist thing he had he could ever say to me. And he was like, no, you're not. Like, he didn't believe me. And I Girls don't play games. Girls don't, girls don't watch Transformers. It's I'll because... have you know, I have the biggest crush on Hot Rod ever. <laughs> to this it's, day, I it's love It's because him. Beast Wars is better, that's why. But anyways, yeah, end the podcast, Destiny. It's true. Wow. No, no, no. Matt, Matt ended it on a high note. Beast Wars was the best. No, it was not it was better. It was, it was good. good but Destiny, we're not getting better. into this. Please end the show. No, it's- I'm not going to end it. I'm not going to end it. You can't be doing that. You can't be like throwing out stuff like that. Absolutely not. Listen, the Transformers movie was just like a longer version of the TV show. <laughs> Wow. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like I a long version movie. of the TV. See, you fucking piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> you didn't see the movie? No. The original from oh the 80s? God. No, that was the best. Orson that Welles. Alive. Orson Welles does the voice. You know what? Matt, we don't tell Matt anything else. You okay. need to go see it. Why? I've already seen the better movies. And Orson I'm gonna Welles doing voice. Oh, you know we're supposed to go to PAX. I will not forget this. <laughs> You will. No, I won't. I guarantee you I won't. Beast Wars. But shut up. I'm trying to smack you. Beast Wars was good, but it's not better than the original. Okay, oh, the story on. for Beast Wars was really good, though. Especially, it was. Especially the it episode was. when you realize they're all the way in the past, and you, you see, like, humans in, in their ape form and everything. Oh, it was so good. I actually worked with twist. the guys that worked on that, and uh, they weren't too happy about working on it because they were like, we were basically making one episode a week that was introducing a new toy. We didn't feel like artists. And I was like, oh man, that's so sad. I well, actually really enjoyed that. Transformers started. Like yeah. they got the cart, mm-hmm. they had the toys, yeah. and then they were, instead of making commercials, they made uh, a series to go along with it so people would buy the toys. Anyways, um, that's the end <laughs> of the show, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we all this. ended as friends. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, was my goal. Episode. My goal. <laughs> But um, I want to thank Michelle and Lewis for coming on and talking to us about Space Boat. Guys, go check it out. We'll put the Steam link down below. Wishlist it and go play the demo. And if you're too lazy to play the demo, go watch us play the demo. We had mm-hmm. an amazing time. Before we go, Michelle and Lewis, can you drop your info? Because we want our listeners to follow you. We want them to support you. So Twitter handles, whatever you feel comfortable dropping. Uh, so you can sure. follow the company at Recombobulator Games on Twitter. This is where we're the most active because it's either Lauren or I who who take care of it. Lauren during the day and then I in the evening if for, for all the people who, who but, uh, live in California. Twitter uh, is Recombobulator G because uh, yeah. we ran race. <laughs> uh, you can uh, on on the Twitter though we have links to everything we have links to the merch store where you can get all the Earl merch we have uh, links to oh our God, Discord. Yeah, yeah and it's actually merchandise you can get inside. Like we have like uh, um, like blanket. Pillow, uh, the, the blanket, and we have like the shower uh, curtain. So oh my god, I thought you were gonna say you could get it in the game, like you could be in the game and go up to a vendor and order it, and then it come to your house. That's what I thought you were gonna say, oh, and I was like, awesome. that <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> I wish. My coding skills are not that good yet. But that is <laughs> Have a like a, a Mr. Combini in there that, that, <laughs> yes. that you or, you order things that it comes that like, You so order space cool. pizza and there's Domino's shows up at your house. Like, oh that my God. would be amazing. That would be I would, amazing. I would never order pizza any next other way step. again. That is the no, next you step. You do not want to order from Mr. Combini. Every pepperoni is a microtransaction. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, create but, somebody uh, else who's not going to like rip yeah. us off, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can anybody can join our Discord. Again, the link is on is on our Twitter handle. Um, we 
where we also have a TikTok as well, uh, where Lauren goes through all kinds of indie games. So if you want your indie game to be featured, please tell us what your indie game is and Lauren will feature it on our TikTok. That's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, I also have a personal TikTok where I talk about books and other really nerdy things. And Luis doesn't like social media. (laughs) My TikTok's uh... weird. All I post is my webcomic. So I'm definitely down. Yeah, but that's great, though. That's good. Yeah, you have to t- TikTok is now uh, I've seen I, I have many friends who have been on really popular on places like Facebook and Instagram. And because of as we said before, because of the metaverse, because everything that's been going on with yeah, and algorithms that, keep changing. It, it, it's dead. It's yeah, dead. I have not get anything on there. Like we used to get like four like when I first posted, we would get like 400 or 500 lo- uh, likes and stuff. Now we get like 100 or something. It's impossible. It's, it's yeah. really impossible because they want you to buy ads. So yeah. Yeah. TikTok now has become the number one, even more than Google. I saw a PC Gamer Matt, we got to start yeah. posting stuff on TikTok. We already have the videos. We might as well just make little clips and post them on there. Sorry, guys. This is getting really long. You didn't have to listen to all this, but we're glad <laughs> that you stuck around. <laughs> TikTok also announced that they, uh, that they are uh, making their – you now have an option for 10 minutes as well. Yeah. To make ten minute oh, videos, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so it, it is. It is unfortunate. Is it the unfortunate business of, of being online? But you have to have those things. So we do have. We do have a TikTok recombobulator games. Awesome. So, guys, you heard that. There's so many ways to follow them and find out more information about Spaceboat. You do not have an excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just go out there and do it. And again, thank you guys so much for coming on to our show. We absolutely loved it. You are welcome back anytime. Thanks yes, for having us. We'll, 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 we'll be glad to bitch about Transformers. Yeah. 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 And Pokemon. Peace Absolutely. Anyways, so goodbye, everybody. Thanks for coming. And Burnout Brighter out. See you in the next episode. Peace. Everyone, we hope you have been enjoying Mental Health Power Up as much as we have. These conversations are incredibly important and we very much appreciate your time. But these conversations aren't the only thing that we're doing, Destiny. What is the second part to this? Guys, the second part is pretty baller. So we are going to be asking you guys to donate money and share the information about the podcast, but specifically about Guardians Mental Health. They're this great organization that uses geek culture, the things that we absolutely love, comics, gaming, video games, to kind of help people who are struggling mentally and Mm -hmm. in a therapeutic way. And they put together these kits that they send out and you don't have to pay for these kits. This is one of the most amazing things about what this Mm -hmm. organization is doing. They're sending out these kits, but Obviously, it takes money to print the materials, to get everything put together. And that's why we're raising money for them, because we want to help them so that they can help more of you guys. And Matt has got some amazing details about what you can win if we reach certain tiers. That's right. You just need to donate to be entered. There is no amount that is too small or too large, whatever you're able to do. $10 is what it costs to make these kits. So if you can do that, fantastic. If you could do absolutely anything, we would appreciate it. As we hit different stretch goals, we are going to be giving out different amazing gifts that we have for some amazing uh, people that we're working with. So please 
hop over to that link, take a look. If you can donate, please do so. And you might just win something cool for yourself as well. Because again, every little bit can make a difference in someone's life. So we thank you for taking the time to do so if you can. If you can't, Destiny, if somebody can't donate, what's else? what else can they do to help? They can just share the information. Share it mm-hmm. to your social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you have like a, a place that you like to interact with people online, share that information. And and one of the things that I wanted to say, and I know Matt and Darren feel the same way, is we just want to thank you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Because for each one of you that shares or donates, I'm, I'm just going to say it prematurely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is so mm-hmm. important to us. And it's important to our listeners. And it's one of the main reasons why we even started the podcast. Like not only was it about gaming, but mental health has definitely been a strong core that uh, we've mm-hmm. always wanted to talk about. So this is our first time doing it. We're super excited. We hope you're excited. And yeah, donate, share the information, win some prizes. But most of all, just do it from the bottom of your heart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the prizes are just kind of like icing on top of the cake. Exactly. So please be there for one another. Help us reach other people who might need to hear some of this because we know how much it's helped us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Like Destiny said, we'll see you on the next one, everybody. All the links will be in the show notes below. Check it out. Bye. Bye.